Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Magic and the Moon podcast. I'm David, your host, still, just like I am every time I post this. <laughs> um, you know, I thought that would be like a really clever, like, cool intro, but I, I don't know if it is. But at least you guys know my name now. That's cool, I guess. Anyway, moving on. So um, I'm doing two episodes this week, um, partly to make up for not posting as consistently as I would like to, because I know I'm supposed to post every Monday, and a lot of the time I don't. And I'm sorry about that. I'm trying to be better about my time management. But I am going to give you two episodes this week. Um, and I'm going to hit on more of like an actual topic and less of a PSA slash rant, um, like in the other episode about why I'm Wiccan and witchy internet trolls and the like. So I get a lot of questions um, about the Wheel of the Year. Like, what is the Wheel of the Year? Who celebrates it? What does it mean? Different names of the Sabbaths and all of that. So I'm going to go through that today. and I'm going to explain kind of the history of it, um, where it comes from, and try and just give a lot of general information about the Wheel of the Year and how it's relevant to not only Wiccans, but also just many Pagans um, in general. So um, the Wheel of the Year, for those that don't know, it is a yearly cycle of festivals and it consists of the year's most important solar events. So like solstices and equinoxes. And if you're not super familiar with those terms, um, just really quickly, a solstice is an event that occurs when the sun appears to reach its most northerly or southerly excursion relative to the celestial equator. Um, so what that means in plain English, um, is it means the sun is kind of at its apex of either the north or the south, and they've become heavily associated with the seasons. Um, for, example, for example, maybe you've heard about the summer solstice or the winter solstice. Um, the summer solstice is usually around the 21st of June. The winter solstice is usually around the 21st of December. And an equinox, um, is not the same because another misconception is that equinoxes and solstices are the same and they are not. So a solstice is when the sun is at its absolute most northerly or southerly and an equinox is kind of like the halfway point um, between that. So this is usually denoting spring and fall. So solstices usually is referring to the summer solstice in June, marking the beginning of summer, and the winter solstice in December, starting the beginning of winter. And the equinoxes, meaning equidistant, is referring to the day and night being of approximate equal lengths. And it's considered to be the midway point between summer and fall, excuse me, between summer and winter, which is why the solstices are associated with summer and winter, and the equinoxes, as the midway points between them, have become associated with autumn and spring. So the summer solstice is in June, the winter solstice is in December, and the equinoxes are in March and September. So usually around the 20th of March is the spring equinox, and around the 23rd of September is the autumn equinox. So that's a little background information. And let's talk about the wheel of the year. So 
the rule of the year. It's the annual cycle of seasonal festivals, like I said a moment ago, and it consists of the year's most important solar events, which are solstices and equinoxes, and the midway points between them. So if we have just solstices and just equinoxes, that's only four Sabbaths. But if you're familiar at all with the Wheel of the Year, you'll know that there are eight Sabbaths. So because the Wheel of the Year acknowledges the um, solar events, which are four, and the midway points between them, that means there's eight. So usually the four solar events, meaning the summer solstice, winter solstice, autumn equinox, and spring equinox, are considered the quarter days, and the midpoint events between them are called the cross-quarter days, especially in Wicca. Um, differing sects of different pagans vary regarding the timing of each of the celebrations. So again, my description in this episode is going to be kind of general. It's not going to be applicable to every tradition, um, but this is kind of the general idea. And also just disclaimer, because someone emailed me about this, I'm not revealing anything oath-bound in this episode or just in this podcast in general. Um, anything that I'm talking about could be found probably through some books or some internet searches. It's not something that is secret or that is particular to any tradition or anything like that. This is general knowledge. Um, and I am intentional about sharing general knowledge so as I do not reveal things that are not meant to be shared with non-initiates. Um, that's not something I usually say, but because I was asked about it specifically, I just want to give that disclaimer. Um, I am not breaking any oaths, nor have I ever broken oaths on this podcast or at all in my life. Okay, so let's talk about the origins of the Wheel of the Year. So historical and archaeological evidence suggests ancient pagan and polytheistic peoples varied in their cultural, uh, cultural, excuse me, they varied in their cultural observations. The Anglo-Saxons celebrated the solstices and the equinoxes, but the Celtic people celebrated the seasonal divisions, usually through various fire festivals. In the 10th century, Cormac McCargeth wrote about four great fires that lightened upon the great four festivals of the Druids, which occurred in February, May, August, and November. And a lot of the contemporary like neo-pagan festival cycles, which has kind of become known as Wheel of the Year, that was influenced by works like The Golden Bow by James George Fraser in 1890, The Witch Cult in Western Europe by Margaret Murray from 1921, and Fraser said that Beltane, the beginning of summer, and Samhain, the beginning of winter, were the most important of four Gallic festivals mentioned by Cormac. But Margaret Murray used, record, uh, used records from the early modern witch trials, as well as the folklore surrounding European witchcraft, to try and identify the festival celebrated by her alleged underground witch cults, which we now know is not uh, completely accurate, of course. So Margaret Murray reports a 1661 trial record from Scotland where an accused witch is connected with meetings held at every quarter, which were called Candlemas, Red Day, Lambamas, and Hallamas. And in his book, The White Goddess, Robert Graves claimed that despite Christianization, the importance of agricultural and social cycles had preserved the continuity of the ancient British festival system, which consists of eight holidays. He goes on to say that English social life was based on agriculture, grazing, and hunting, implicit in the popular celebrations of festivals that are now known as Kendalmas, Lady Day, May Day, Midsummer, Lamas, Michaelmas, All Halloween, and Christmas. And it was also secretly preserved as religious doctrine 
in the covens of the anti-Christian witch cults. And again, a lot of these ideas by these authors we know now through modern um, historians and anthropologists, etc. We have a lot more information available to us and these authors did at the time. So a lot of their ideas they base these conclusions on, we now know we're not fully correct. Um, so it's not to say they were fully wrong either because they weren't, but it is not, it shouldn't be taken 100% factual is what I'm saying. So by the late 1950s, uh, the Brickett Wood Coven led by Gerald Gardner and the Order of Bards, Ovitz and Druids led by Ross Nichols had both adopted eight fold ritual calendars in order to hold more frequent celebrations. And popular legend says that Gardner and Nichols developed a calendar during a naturist, a naturist, nat, nat, naturist? I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. I'm gonna say naturist. During a naturist retreat, where Gardner argued for a celebration of the solstices and the equinoxes only, meaning four Sabbaths, but Nichols argued for a celebration of the four Celtic fire festivals four Sabbaths, and they combined these two ideas into a single festival, which is where we get our modern Wheel of the Year that has eight Sabbaths. So this is why the Wheel of the Year, as it's talked about um, in the broader pagan community, is not necessarily going to be applicable to every type of tradition, just because we have a blending of the four solar events, meaning the two equinoxes and the two solstices, combined with Celtic festivals. Obviously, not everything is Celtic, not everyone is Celtic, not everyone practices Celtic-based traditions. So that's not necessarily going to be relevant. And that's why a lot of people think the Wheel of the Year is not always relevant because it's based heavily on Celtic fire festivals in addition to the solar days of the year. So... That's kind of where one point of uh, disagreement comes from. But this coordination eventually had the benefit of more closely aligning celebrations between the two early groups, meaning the order of, um, I'm sorry, I lost the name, sorry, the order of bards, ovids, and druids, and then of course, um, what we now call the Gardnerian tradition founded by Gerald Gardner. So it kind of fostered cooperation between the groups, which is seen as a good thing now. Um, and it more closely aligned their celebrations. So it's a good thing in the sense that it kind of brought um, camaraderie to the pagan community as a whole. Instead of them being kind of separate, they were more aligned together. But again, not everyone celebrates that way. So Gardner's first published writings kind of omit any mention of the solstices and the equinoxes, and they focus more so on the fire festivals. And Gardner initially referred to these as May Eve, August Eve, November Eve, and February Eve. Gardner further identified these modern witch festivals with the Gallic fire festivals, which he called Beltane, Lunasa, Samhain, and Brigid. By the mid-60s, the phrase Wheel of the Year had been coined to describe the cycle of the yearly witches' holidays. So Aidan Kelly gave names to the summer solstice, Letha, and the equinox holidays, Ostara and Mabon, in 1974, and these were popularized by Timothy Zell through this, um, his magazine called The Green Egg. And the popularization of these names happened kind of slowly over time. And in her 1978 book, Witchcraft for Tomorrow, the influential Wiccan Doreen Valiente did not use the name suggested by Kelly. Instead, she simply called the solstices and the equinoxes the lesser Sabbaths, 
and called them by their seasons. So summer, autumn, winter, spring. And Valiente identified the four greater Sabbaths as the fire festivals and called them Candlemas, May Eve, Lamas, and Halloween, though she also identified their Irish counterparts as Imbolc, Beltane, Lunasa, and Samhain. But due to early Wicca's influence on the modern pagan movement as a whole, and the syncretic adaptation of Anglo-Saxon and Celtic themes, the most commonly used English festival names for the Wheel of the Year tend to be the Celtic ones introduced by Gerald Gardner and the mostly Germanic names introduced by Kelly, even when the celebrations are not always based on those cultures themselves. So the, the American Asatru movement has adopted over time a calendar in which the heathen major holidays figure alongside many days of remembrance, which celebrate the heroes of Edda and the sagas and figures of Germanic history and the Viking Leif Erikson, who explored and settled North America. These festivals are not, however, evenly distributed throughout the year um, in the way that the Wiccan and other groups celebrate the Wheel of the Year. Um, so in many traditions of modern pagan cosmology, all things are considered to be cyclical, with time as a perpetual cycle of growth and retreat tied to the sun's annual death and rebirth. This cycle is also viewed as a microcosm and macrocosm of other life cycles in an immeasurable series of cycles composing the universe. The days that fall on the landmarks of the yearly cycle traditionally mark the beginnings and the middles of the four seasons, and they are regarded with significance and host to major community events. These eight festivals are the most common times for communal celebrations. So basically, the reason there are eight Sabbaths now, aside from the history that I just discussed, is because there's a celebration for each major season and the halfway points between them. So you're getting a Sabbath for winter, spring, summer, and autumn, and also the halfway point between all of those, which is why there's eight and not four. So while the major festivals are usually the quarter and cross-quarter days, other festivals are also celebrated throughout the year, especially among non-Wiccan traditions, particularly that of polytheistic reconstructionism and some ethnic traditions as well. So in some traditions of Wicca and those that are influenced by Wicca, being tied to solar movements has generally been steeped in solar mythology and symbolism, centered on the life cycles of the sun. And similarly, the Wiccan espots are usually tied to lunar cycles as opposed to the solar ones. And together they represent the most common celebrations in these forms of neo-paganism, especially in a lot of contemporary witchcraft groups. So first is Yule also called the winter solstice, also called midwinter, also called Brumalia or Saturnalia. Um, those are some examples of the names. So midwinter, known commonly as Yule or some modern Druid traditions, um, call it Alban Arthan. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly, but I'm probably not. Um, this has been recognized as a significant turning point in the yearly cycle since at least the late Stone Age. The ancient megalithic sites of Newgrange and Stonehenge carefully align with the solstice sunrise and sunset. The reversal of the sun's ebbing presence in the sky symbolizes the rebirth of a solar god and the return of the fertile seasons. So from Germanic to Roman tradition, this is the most important time of the celebration. And practices vary, but sacrifice offerings, feasting, and gift giving are common elements of the Midwester celebration and bringing sprigs and wreaths, evergreenery like holly, ivy, mistletoe, and yew we brought into homes and tree decorating were also common. And as I'm sure you can tell, 
a lot of these practices have been appropriated by Christians and turned into celebrations of Christmas, which is why the early church decided that the birth of Jesus would be celebrated in December, even though that's wildly inaccurate, but that's because they tried to build it on top of a pagan holiday to kind of ease that transition um, in the old religions. Okay, so next is Imbolc, um, also called Candlemas. And this cross-quarter day following midwinter usually falls on the 1st of February, and it marks the very first stirrings of spring. It aligns with the contemporary observance of Groundhog Day, and it's time for the purification and spring cleaning in anticipation of the coming new life of spring. In Rome, particularly, it was a shepherd's holiday, while the Celts associated it with the onset of lactation prior to the birth of spring lambs. For some Celtic pagans, the festival is dedicated to the goddess Brigid, the daughter of the Dadga and one of the Tuatha de Danan. And again, I have no familiarity with Celtic pronunciation, so if I'm saying that wrong, I am very, very sorry. Um, among reclaiming traditions and witchcraft, this is the traditional time for pledges and rededications for the coming year. And this is also the time that some Dianic Wiccans may perform their initiations. Next is the spring equinox, uh, sometimes called Ostara. And this is derived from a reconstruction produced by the linguist Jacob Grimm of an old high German form of the English goddess name Oesetre. Ostara marks the vernal equinox in some modern pagan traditions. So known as Alban Euler to some modern Druid traditions, this holiday is the second of three spring celebrations and it's considered the midpoint between Imbolc and Beltane during which the light and darkness are in balance with light increasing and being on the rise. It is time of new beginnings and of life emerging further from the grips of winter. So next is Beltane, also called May Eve, also called May Day or Floralia or Walpurgis Night. Traditionally, this is considered to be the first day of summer in Ireland. And in Rome, the earliest celebrations appeared in pre-Christian times with the festival of Flora, the Roman goddess of flowers and the Walbrooksnot celebrations of the Germanic countries. But since the Christianization of Europe, a more secular version of the festival has continued in Europe and some parts of America where it's called May Day. And in this form, it is very well known for Maypole dancing and for the crowning of the Queen of May. Celebrated by many pagan traditions, especially among modern Druids, this festival recognizes the power of life in its fullness, the greening of the world after winter and youthfulness and flourishing. Um, has a lot of associations with fertility. This is where we get the idea of like rabbits and Easter eggs, and that's kind of been appropriated by Easter. That's because rabbits have a lot of sex, it's about <laughs> fertility. Um, even the maypole itself is a phallic object, is a symbol of a penis, and we all know what penises do. So do with that information whatever you like. Next is the summer solstice, sometimes called Letha, sometimes called Midsummer. Um, Midsummer is one of the four solar holidays and is considered the turning point at which the summer reaches its height and the sun shines the longest. Among the Wiccan Sabbaths, Midsummer is preceded by Beltane and followed by Lamas or Lunasa. Some Wiccan traditions call the festival Letha, which is a name occurring in Bede's The Reckoning of Time, which preserves a list of the Anglo-Saxon names for the 12 months, and Erolia, first or preceding Lia, roughly corresponds to June in the Gregorian calendar, and Era Leoa 
roughly corresponds to July. So Bede writes that Letha means gentle or navigable because in both of these months, the calm breezes are gentle and they were thought to sail upon the smooth sea. Modern Druids celebrate this festival as Alban Helfen, and the sun is its greatest strength and is greeted and celebrated on this holiday. While it is a time of greatest strength of the solar current, it also marks a turning point because the sun also begins at time of decline as the wheel turns. Arguably the most important festival of Druid traditions due to the great focus on the sun and its light as a symbol of divine inspiration. And Druid groups frequently celebrate this event at Stonehenge, which I think is really cool. Okay, next is Lunasa, also called Lamas. And this is the first of three Wiccan harvest festivals, the other two being the autumn equinox called Mabon or Samhain. Excuse me, Mabon and Samhain. Those are two different things. Um, Wiccans mark the holiday by baking figures of God and bread and eating it to symbolize the sanctity and the importance of harvest. And celebrations vary, as not all pagans are Wiccans, of course. Um, the Irish name Lunasa is used in some traditions to designate the holiday. Wiccan celebrations of the holiday are neither generally based on Celtic culture, nor are they centered on the Celtic deity Lu. And this name seems to have been a late adoption among Wiccans um, because it was often called August Eve. Um, and there are many Wiccans nowadays that are starting to call it August Eve instead, just because the name Lunasa is a reference to the Celtic god Lu. So obviously, if you are not someone that uh, acknowledges or celebrates the god Lu, it doesn't really make much sense to have a holiday named after him. If you do, that's really cool. And I think Lunasa is super fun to say, but I do not follow the Celtic gods particularly. So I prefer August Eve, as do many Wiccans, but you know what they're called now. This is just general information. Okay, uh, continuing on, the name Lamas implies, and it is an agrarian-based festival and a feast of Thanksgiving for grain and bread, which symbolizes the first fruits of harvest. And the Christian festivals might incorporate some elements of pagan ritual because Christians are appropriators and colonizers, as we have learned. That's not me shitting on modern Christians. It's me shitting on the old Christians that stole everything from everyone else. Um, I might shit on modern Christians later, but that's going to be a different episode. <laughs> okay, cool. Moving on. So um, also, I apologize if I'm speaking kind of quickly more than usual, just because um, I'm trying to condense a lot of information into 30 minutes. And also, I'm a homosexual and I talk fast. So hopefully you can understand me. Um, and if not, I'm really sorry. Okay, next is the autumn equinox, sometimes called September Eve, sometimes called Mabon. The holiday of the autumnal equinox, the harvest home, Mabon, the feast of ingathering, Mayan from here, a clownspoon, Albert Ed, many names. Um, it's a modern pagan ritual of thanksgiving for the fruits of the earth and a recognition of the need to share them to secure the blessings of the gods during the coming months of winter. So the name Mabon was coined by Aidan Kelly around 1970 as a reference to Mabon el Uthran, who is a character from Welsh mythology. And among the Sabbaths, it is the second of three pagan harvest festivals. It is preceded by Lunasa and followed by Samhain. Next is Samhain, also called Halloween. Um, it is considered by Wiccans to be one of the greater Sabbaths. It is considered by some to be a time to celebrate the lives of those who have passed on. It often involves paying respect to ancestors, family members, elders of the faith, friends, pets, loved ones who have died, etc. It's aligned with temporary practices of Halloween or the Day of the Dead, uh, Dia de los Muertos for Latino Hispanic people, 
Um, in some rituals, the spirits of the departed are invited to attend the festivities. This is evident in the uh, Latin practice of having a ofrenda, which you would put like a photo of your loved one that has passed away and maybe like food that they liked or maybe um, an item that was important to them while they were living. And it's just a way of paying respect to those who have passed on. Um, and it seems a festival of darkness which is balanced at the opposite point of the wheel by Beltane, which is celebrated as a light festival and a celebration of fertility. So you have Beltane at one point being about light and fertility, and then you have at the opposite point, Samhain about um, darkness and death. Many pagans believe that Samhain is a time when the veil between the world of the living and the dead, is, it's a very thinnest point, which makes it easier to communicate with those who have passed on. Okay. Those are the main festivals. And just to quickly review, that's the winter solstice or Yule, then Imbolc or Candlemas, the spring equinox or Ostara, Beltane or May Eve, summer solstice or Letha, Lunasa or Lamas, the autumn equinox or Mabon, and then Samhain or Halloween, and then the wheel would repeat again at Yule. So let's talk about the minor festivals now. So, in addition to the eight major holidays that is common to most pagans, there are also a number of minor holidays during the year to commemorate various events. So the Germanic ones are kind of what I'll run through first. Um, and some of the holidays listed are from the runic era calendar provided by the Asatru Alliance. So the first is Valley's Blot, which is separation of the god, excuse me, a celebration, not a separation, Valley's Blot is a celebration dedicated to the god Vali and to love, and this is on 14th February, which of course is also Valentine's Day. Next is the Feast of Einherar, a celebration to honor family members who died in battle, which is celebrated on 11th November. Next is Ancestor's Blot, a celebration of one's own ancestry or the common ancestors of a German ethnicity, which is also on 11th November. We have Yggdrasil Day, the celebration of the world tree Yggdrasil, of the reality that it represents, and also just of trees and nature, which is celebrated on 22nd April. We have Winter Finding, the celebration which marks the beginning of winter, which is held between Hauslot and the Winter Nights, which is around the middle of October. And then lastly, we have Summer Finding, which is a celebration which marks the beginning of summer and held on a date between Ostara and Warplux Night, which is usually in the middle of April. So celebration commonly takes place outdoors for community gathering and just honoring nature. So the precise dates on which the Sabbaths of the Wheel of the Year are celebrated are kind of flexible. The dates might be on the days of the quarter and cross-quarter days exactly, but sometimes they might be the closest full moon or new moon nearest to those dates. Um, or it also might be just on the closest weekend out of convenience, especially because like you gotta get the coven together and meet up. People have jobs and school and other responsibilities. So sometimes you can't do it on the actual day. Sometimes you might have to do it on the closest weekend before or after. You might have to do it on the next full moon because a lot of covens tend to meet on a full moon or a new moon anyway. So you get the point though. Um, the festivals were originally celebrated by people in the middle latitudes of the Northern Hemisphere, and consequently, the traditional times for seasonal celebrations do not always agree with the seasons of the Southern Hemisphere or nearest the equator. So pagans in the Southern Hemisphere often advance these dates by six months with their own seasons, and that's why um, 
the differences between the northern and southern hemispheres kind of create an opposite kind of thing. Um, so like when one hemisphere is celebrating Beltane, the other one might be celebrating Samhain and et cetera. So the seasonal associations in that instance are more important than the actual calendar date, um, if that makes sense. So I hope that makes sense. I hope that that elaborates on kind of what the wheel of the year is and its origins and its significance. Um, and again, just to clarify, this is not oath-bound material and this does not apply to every tradition by any means, but this is just a general kind of generic pagan overview of what the wheel of the year is. But I enjoyed telling you about it and learning about it and I hope you enjoyed it as well. And I will see you guys next time.